Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. All right, a little bit on the tardy side, but we are here firing at all cylinders for our today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Thank you once again for dialing in with us today. Hopefully you're enjoying this ever so minor pump that we are experiencing. I'll briefly chat about it. I'm not going to spend too much time about it because there's a little bit more to it than what I even I see. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. What I will say is that everything begins and ends with Bitcoin. Bottom line, period, point blank. So as Bitcoin moves, this is where we start to see some of the pumps. That's what we're seeing now. However, it's a bit different this time. Ethereum appears to be leading the charge in what we're seeing currently. Ethereum is number one ranked on KuCoin in particular, just to speak about it. And the number three, interesting, Cardano, ADA, which I've said I'm bullish about and didn't really know why and can't explain it even now, but I've been bullish about it for now two years and cannot explain it. Seems like a lot of people are bullish about those three. Those are the three right now is Bitcoin, Ethereum, ADA, not in that order. Ethereum is number one on that list, and that surprised me at least. But there's a little bit more you need to think about with the current pump that you're seeing. There are people out who speculate that Bitcoin has, its its time has passed, that we're not going to see very much more about it. I'm going to contradict that and say, I believe that this is evidence that Bitcoin is here to stay. I believe it's evidence that Bitcoin is going to go up even further And I want to talk briefly about why Bitcoin went on a little bit of the run because it's going to surprise you (laughs) what exactly happened because it was actually the opposite of what we might have thought. So I talked about the idea of shorting where on the exchanges, central exchanges, you can short cryptocurrency, basically borrowing it or lending it in exchange for the profits that occur as other people use it for whatever they're doing. It turns out that with the most recent Bitcoin rally, what happened was there was roughly about $800 million liquidated 
And this liquidation caused a major short of pump because shorts basically got, quote, wrecked. And this is good in some ways. It's not good in other ways. The reason I think it's good is because if they were liquidated as shorts, basically when this thing starts to climb and there's this bullish pressure going upward and then shorts get so-called wrecked on the way up, what it means is that there was a lot of people sitting on a lot of cryptocurrency that they are, they're not actively transacting with it. They're essentially exploiting it for profit, which isn't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing for them. However, the fact that they got liquidated makes me smile because it means that that cryptocurrency kind of goes back to the pool and the bullish push that recently pushed it over the edge may help flush out more if the rally can continue. The key word there is if. Nobody truly knows if this is a strong run or kind of testing. What we do know is that it was enough of a push that almost everything went in the green. Even things not on the Ethereum chain went into the green, and that's because Bitcoin is largely looked at as backing liquidity for almost everything. So I think it's the fact that liquidations were so large with this most recent rally hopefully should bode well for all the cryptocurrency. That's the hope. I can't say for sure, but I do like it. I think it's great, personal. <laughs> um, so there's that. I, I did a thing, and I covered it on Casual Talk Radio, our sister podcast. I'll briefly mention it here because it's just for FYI purposes. I talked about the third endeavor. The third endeavor, it looks like it's not going to go because I haven't heard back from them after I chewed them out because of all the screw-ups they were doing with the onboarding that was supposed to happen yesterday. It's supposed to be the official start day. If you have not heard what I said on Casual Talk, I'll try my best to summarize it quick because I don't want to spend too much time on it. But suffice to say, I said that I can't stand freaking full-time employment because these companies get it in their head that they own you. And one thing I'm not going to do is allow any company to dictate what they do or don't. As FLSA exemption says, I show up when I choose to show up. I put as many hours as I choose to, yet you will still pay me full time. We will talk about schedule. You're not going to force a schedule. And ultimately, if you're not doing things smart, I'm going to call you out on it. That's just how I am. I push back. I fight it. Where many other people don't, I do. And this seemed to trigger a lot of the people up there, which simply exposed a bad culture. And I told them, I gave them three opportunities to simply separate amicably because clearly I don't work with their culture. No problem. It is what it is. I'm just telling you guys, I'm not going to do what you think you're going to order me to do. And I warned you about this during the interview where you lied about one thing and I called you out on it. There was all these problems, which fortunately I was, I'm good enough now because I'm so dang old to have called this to light. So this was yesterday. I haven't heard anything back since I got the director of HR involved and just told him this is what it is. Either we fix this and move it forward or let's not move forward. Didn't hear back. Don't expect to at this point because my gut tells me their culture is one where they just simply don't like somebody like me. That's great. Means I'll just have the two clients and that's okay because of course that's less time investment in that uh, nonsense. And it frees me up to go and find a different client on the contract side and just stay the frick away from full time. I actually offered the third endeavor to do a contract, right? And because I can start up my business and do a contract with them because he told me in the interview that, yeah, we are looking for contractors, so I can do that. 
Then all of a sudden later he said, we're not looking for contracts deep, deep, deep. Sorry, I knew this guy was a joke and I was about to cuss him. But being the, you know, the gentleman I am, stone cold gentleman, Ralph Tresvant, I said, let me just, I'll be the bigger person. I'll, let's separate amicably. I'll just move on, keep doing what I'm doing. And I did tell the HR and all of them, I don't need your job. I'd like to work with you, but here's what we're not going to do. So that's called boss S of just putting it down because I work for myself. I make my own money. I already have two clients. I didn't need them. It's just, I wanted the extra money. I was kind of greedy. So that's where we're at. We're not going to be doing the third. Cool. At least not for now, but I am actively wanting to get a third, but I want it to be contract. I want it to be where I'm not playing the garbage. I'm not wasting time. We're not doing stupid garbage. We'll do the right thing because I know it can be done. And if you're desperate enough, then we can make a deal and make it work. But I think I'm done with full time. Anyhow, let's go ahead and crack in here and get this done. This I don't think today's episode will take too long. I want to talk about some of the news that I'm seeing on deck real fast. So along with the recent push that we're seeing, of course, as I said, almost all cryptocurrencies during this recent run started to go into the green. Why? Because Bitcoin ultimately backs almost all of these different things. This means that we can watch Bitcoin's behavior and help us understand what is likely to go on a run next. We also should be able to tell what's going to happen with Ethereum and the other core coins and layers because Ethereum has now kind of taken a front seat in terms of the sentiment across the board. It is looked at as, if not same, if more so possibly, potential over Bitcoin. Bitcoin will always be here. Bitcoin will always be a thing, period, point blank. Some people did some analysis, though, and they ran some numbers, and they found that less people are looking up Bitcoin, less people are looking into Bitcoin, less people are curious about Bitcoin. You may be wondering how this is. In cryptocurrency, I talked about it on one of my YouTube shows. Cryptocurrency projects suck at what's referred to as SEO, search engine optimization. This is the idea that you want your project your website, which means not telescan, but an actual website to show up on search engines and ideally be one of the first hits you get when searching certain terms. Search engine optimization is one of the key ways that you find people outside the crypto bubble. Many of these projects simply ignore SEO. And as a result, they lose out on that other 90-ish, 93-ish percent that I talked about that's simply not in cryptocurrency. And they don't seem to care. They just go out to the kids that say the word jeet and say the word keck and the same old money that's being washed from project to project as people jump to pump and dumps. It's the same group of people. That's what crypto focuses on. Me, I rather focus on the people who are not in crypto. Educate them to get in safely. Make sure they have enough information to make smart decisions, aka avoid the garbage like cult doubt. So I do work very hard on things like SEO. Crypto Talk Radio, as an example, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, largely has a pretty good presence on search engines. It's challenging because I'm using a common word, crypto, radio, right? But for the most part, the podcast episodes are pretty easy to find through search engines, which was the goal. And then the YouTube channel, of course, is self-SEO. So given all this, seeing that the stats are telling us that less people are searching around Bitcoin doesn't mean that people are less interested in crypto. It means that people are looking for other projects. And I believe Ethereum having dominated the news with the proof of stake transition 
is part of the reason why Bitcoin is losing a little bit of steam. It doesn't really do anything. However, as I said, it's largely considered the backing liquidity for almost everything. So if we don't get bullish runs on Bitcoin, it means nothing's going to really go up. Ethereum has been jumping on its own. That's good. However, it still runs back to Bitcoin at the end of the day in terms of that glass ceiling. In order for us to get past that, we need to embrace Bitcoin and welcome it like we did back in 2021, perhaps not as aggressively, but we do need to welcome it. And I think one challenge we're going to need to overcome is things like ETFs, where people are allowed to influence the price of Bitcoin without directly trading it and treating it like a, I don't want to say pump and dumps, it's not fair, but treating it like a stock. I don't know that we'll get out of that, but I think it's important that we at least try. Shiba Inu, SHIB, finally got its one back and dropped that zero back that had lost. Now, does this really mean anything for the long term? I say no. I'm calling it out because what's important is, number one, I said that SHIB has arguably more whales than almost any other project out there. So as it dropped that zero again, many of those whales dumped because they were trying to reclaim that profit. But also with SHIB, the only reason it's really getting back what it lost is because of the run-up of Ethereum, which of course is the run-up of Bitcoin. It's not necessarily that SHIB itself is doing anything notable. And I want to stress the difference in these two. The meme tokens, they're not doing anything on their own. Like I called out Colt Dow, the garbage that that is. It actually went down. It had a little bit of a jump, but it's it's in the red if you look on Trust Wallet, despite the fact that Ethereum, which is the token that it's paired with, is pumping. So despite the fact that Ethereum is on the run-up, <laughs> despite that, this business with Cult Dow is crapping. Well, what does that what does that tell you? It tells you that the project itself, Cult Dow itself, is garbage because if it can't even go above what it's paired with, it means it has a negative sentiment somehow. And I said that they simply suck at marketing. That's all. It's not a problem. Maybe it'll change, but I think there's something to this, <laughs> at least hopefully. I want to talk about Ethereum because there was some interesting news happened just recently. It's happened earlier this morning. There was an address, an actual wallet address that had gone stale. It was believed to have been lost or somehow misplaced or locked in a vault or something happened. Nothing was happening with this wallet. The wallet just automatically, out of random thin air, started some activity and started transacting some of its Ethereum that it was holding. And it actually held about close to $300,000 worth of Ethereum sitting there. There was another wallet that was from back in February. This one held $3 million of Ethereum. What does this tell us? It tells us that there are some of these whale-ish wallets possibly sitting out there. And if you heard me before, I said, if Ethereum goes any beneath 900, I'll do live karaoke on the YouTube channel. That's how confident I am that it's likely not going to happen again. And that was based on the fact that I believe that there's a lot of holding happening with Ethereum. There's a lot of large players still sitting on it. There's a lot of exchanges still sitting on it. And I simply did not believe that it was going to have any sort of appreciable drop like we saw before. I believe before it was an aberration due to certain whales that simply were dumping off the project and to a lesser degree Bitcoin. These wallets that we're talking about sitting on major bags of Ethereum and just kind of marinating in the cut, I guarantee you there's a lot more of those all around Ethereum. I guarantee you this, that we're just waiting for the right time to sell. Now, what we don't know is, are they selling because they're done with it? I don't think so. Long term, we have to see what happens. 
big picture, though, I guarantee you there's a lot more of them. And that should excite you, I think, to a somewhat of a degree. I think it should excite you, personally. I haven't talked too much about Polygon, Matic, the blockchain. But there was some news that I think is relevant if you are interested in anything Matic. There's an exchange that is a, a decent exchange that is largely the largest one on the Polygon Matic chain. It's called Quick Swap. If you're going to do any sort of swapping of anything or any kind, chances are you're going to go to Quick Swap. There's others that you can use, but it's the largest, most well-known on that chain. They got hit with a flash loan attack over $200,000 on its lending. So this isn't the swap. This is on the lending side. I covered a project as per a viewer request called Dex Finance. And I got a lot of hate and a lot of hardcores coming and attacking me because what I said was, I don't really support any of these services that try to act like banks and lending institutions and all this crap because it feels like we're not quite ready for it. It feels like they're just at high risk. I don't know how many of these breaches have to happen around these so-called banking things before people start to understand why I said what I said, because this just confirms what I said to be the truth, which is it, we're not ready for this framework. The banking framework, I'm talking fiat, has layers and layers of regulatory scrutiny and, and connection. There's all sorts of protections in place. There's all sorts of guardrails built up over decades that crypto has never had. So no, I simply don't trust any of these to do any sort of lending anything. That's just how I feel, and nobody will change my mind. Well, quick swaps, shutting it down after this flash loan attack. Good, <laughs> because others like Curve and um, Voyager and others, same type thing. And at some point, we're going to get a clue that we're simply not ready for this business. And I know that kind of feels like, eh, da, da. we're not ready for that business. Might we get ready at some point? Maybe today we're not ready for it that's i just i don't know why we keep trying but we keep trying I, I see them pop up all over the place i don't think ready and until somebody is able to disprove what i'm saying and that means that we need to see regulations we need to see some protections because when you talk about lending you are as i said not your keys not your coins when you're giving your money to somebody else for whatever it's greater risk i don't support that Never have, never will. The last bit I'll talk about is not directly linked, I wouldn't say, to cryptocurrency, but it is somewhat linked to cryptocurrency. TikTok. TikTok and, of course, Telescam. These are platforms mostly used by younger folks. TikTok is used in some of the cryptocurrency pieces because they attract younger, you know, the kids say the word jeet. So, some of these crypto projects lean on TikTok for reaching out to those people. Turns out that very recently, the FCC has been talking about banning TikTok. I want to give you a history lesson. Former President Donald Trump actually worked to try to ban TikTok right away. And the, the current administration that's in there now fought him tooth and nail. Turns out now that same is finally coming out talking about doing a ban on cryptocurrency. This is on or TikTok rather. This is the FCC under the current administration. Of course, we know that it's a bit of okey-doke and a bit of smoke. 
They're doing it because we're very close to the possible November blowout and they're trying to appeal to the right set of voters because people know that TikTok, it's, it's kind of a form of, you're, you're kind of trying to entice young people and trick them, right? Having them, fooling them into using your money to buy into some garbage projects so you can be exit liquidity. It's kind of predatory. And that's what's driving this. I support a ban on TikTok. I support a ban on Telescam. You might think that I'm just an old fuddy-duddy, and I am. But the truth is, I don't support these projects that cater to young kids basically infesting everything. I actually don't support it for, I didn't support it for Twitter. I don't support it for, quote, Meta. I don't support it for anything. I felt like we need to get back to some level of grown-up approach. And to do this, we have to get rid of those child-type things. That doesn't mean that the kids can't, you know, congregate in forums. You know, there's Reddit. There's these things that they don't, they're not predatory in nature. They're well-moderated. They're well-managed. That's what I want to see. Take a first front seat. I know, again, that I may be the exception. But for me, I think that's the right answer. And so I support what's happening here. Telescam, of course, I think we should ban. I've been said that. and It is what it is. The last thing I'll talk about is Luna Classic. Of course, Luna Classic went on a slight pump with what happened with Bitcoin. It has not gone on a long run. However, we are seeing whales start coming in the project. And with this, we expect that Luna Classic has a good long-term future. There are some projects that are building on Luna Classic as we speak. So we are seeing that there is at least some bullish sentiment. However, the Terror Rebels, Discord, and of course now Telescam and all the other ones is inviting toxicity. I talked about that before. On the weekly, the toxicity is starting to infect it and that will affect sentiment. It's going to cause problems. And I really wish they would corral it. I don't know what it means because what happens is there's so much toxicity builds up and then they throw up their hands and quit because they can't deal with it. That's what happened with EarnHub. That's what happened with so many other projects. So I wish that they had put some guardrails around it. It seemed like they just kind of given up and they're trying to just focus on a thing And unfortunately, that focus is spitballing random stuff, and they don't really have a plan. Does that mean I'm not bullish about it? No. I do believe Luna Classic will get to something, irrespective of what Terra Rebels is doing. What I hope, hoped, past tense, is that they would act like adults and only welcome adults into their community, and that has not happened. So let's see what happens there. Long-term, big picture. Is it going to surpass Luna Shiny? I'm not even sure about that anymore. Luna Shiny hasn't been able to take off very much. It hasn't been heavily marketed too much, but many of the developers jumped over to that chain, so we don't know what happens there. Doge Chain, on the other hand, went on somewhat of a pump. It's starting to crap again because that is what it is, but Doge Chain put out a, a, a DAO vote. They call it a Doge Gris, I believe it is. They're form of Congress. And you go and you vote with your Dogecoin, I believe it is, or DC, their Dogechain coin, one of the two. And as a result, you get a pass vote. They passed a vote to do an 80% burn on supply, putting it down to, I believe it's 200 billion remaining out of like over a trillion. So if that goes forward, that means it's going to raise the price floor for Dogechain, which could indicate a bull run. Now, the bull run may or may not occur or it could be significant dumps of a thing. I ran some numbers. Based on what I can tell, that basically puts it close to about a penny per. I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm telling you that they're doing everything they can 
to increase value in it because it doesn't do anything else of any real value. Despite being an actual blockchain, there's an actual blockchain there. And they did everything under the table, sneaky and dirty to get listed on all these exchanges, despite being a garbage project otherwise. So I am telling you that this burn is like their only hope to get something where there's a price floor increase on it and it may result in something or nothing. I find it funny though, that if they're able to pull off an 80% burn of the supply, why something like Dozilla for so long, Mr. Nine Zeros himself has refused to do anything close to it. I'm just saying, because that one has a hell of a lot more supply. I believe it's one sextillion tokens. Anyhow, I am still confident that we have good things coming. I think November, and we have to see if there's a blowout, that's going to be a real big indicator. If we get greedy people in the freaking office, that's going to help cryptocurrency. I guarantee you this. This pump that we're seeing with Bitcoin, I don't know if it'll sustain. Something tells me it won't. But I also think that's predicated on what happens with November. Because I do think there'll be a bull run if we have the right people in office. If we have greedy people in office, I do believe there'll be a bull run. And that's good for everybody. At the same time, be careful and just don't jump and randomly YOLO into projects for certain. There's a lot of garbage out there, especially now, because they're banking off of the fact that their liquidity is jumping, but they don't really do anything. So just be careful all the way around. Again, take care of your people first and foremost. Don't get caught up in this because it could be a form of gambling. That's kind of like an addiction. I don't want that to happen to anybody listening to my show. That'll do it. For today's Crypto Talk Radio episode, I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net, if you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is that Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.